Cloud, it's me, anime Mark Hamill, and I'm here to disrupt your psyche. Sephiroth, I haven't seen you since... since the Mako reactor back in Nibelheim. <clears throat> That's right. That's how I pronounced Mako. <laughs> That's how we all pronounce Mako. And always have. What are you doing Cloud, here? I am here to make you doubt yourself so that you cannot interfere with my daring plans. Wait, wait, wait. Which are as Hang convoluted as they are evil for no reason. Sephiroth, listen, I, I hate to interrupt you, but, like, honestly, uh, the most important thing to me right now isn't my own, like, mental well-being or anything. I just, I really need to get paid. They have to, I've got money owed to me, my mercenary duties, you know, they're not paying like I thought they would. I'm going to deal with all this self-actualization, psychological stuff, but, you know, therapy isn't cheap, and I just need the money. Even, even you, even a cold-hearted, badass mercenary like yourself can't hide from the past. Our history is our no, intertwined no, 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 for no, reasons I can't get into for several games. No, 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 it's not because I'm a badass mercenary, it's because I'm incredibly materialistic. All I care about is making that dough. And I am not going to stop talking about it for the entirety of this conversation. What will your dough matter when the world is destroyed? It's, it's, it's In part someone eight else's of word. my ten-part evil plan. I'll deal with that once I got that bank. But I gotta get that bank. Nobody giving me that bank. That's the only thing I care about. Ask me about something. Tell, ask me. Ask me how I feel about it. How do you feel about the fact that you will be rendered catatonic and unresponsive and all of your friends will have to completely derail their lives to take care of you? Does that change how much money I make for my mercenary work? No, you will continue to get money that just drops out of wolves as per normal. Exactly. Uh, you're being impossible. I call a mulligan on this reality. <laughs> I think that worked well. Mostly, I just wanted to be Arcanable. anime Mark. No, that, that's that's clear. It's just, I. That's just exactly. God. You know, in the original game, when you only had to deal with him pestering Barrett for money for like two minutes screen time, but then they balloon it out to like two hours of gameplay, and he just keeps on repeating it. Man, I just couldn't get over well, it. I mean, like to be fair. If I worked in, like, a job where, like, the bosses didn't pay us well and they were like, but we're getting a pizza yeah. party, it's it's worker appreciation, I would absolutely be on Cloud's side well, in that. Well, sure, but, like, he's just, he's so whiny about it. And it's the only thing he says to the exclusion of, like, mm -hmm. any interpersonal commitment that he totally has with Tifa. Well, Ben, th this is this sort of single-minded awareness of his rights is what makes him such a good member of the hashtag Resistance. Oh, okay, I see. Have you seen that um, <laughs> that that meme with the uh, that Giphy meme of like somebody drowning and their their hand is going down in the uh, in the water, <laughs> and it's like you know engineers in dire need of uh, an of additional like uh, of ad of additional product or, or resources to do their job right, and then boss comes down and the high five is pizza party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know it too well. So yeah, Zane, what do we have today? What are we doing? <laughs> a quick, quick life hack. If your job has an appreciation day for you, 
you're not being appreciated the rest of the days. Yeah, f- find a different modicum of appreciation in the rest of your life. That's 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 the that's the trick. Ben, today we are talking about a a piece of content that is like surprisingly like resonant today as it was more than 20 years uh, ago. Um mm, um well, I don't know if I, I don't know if you could say that, but uh, a cinematic masterpiece yeah, you, that really gets into because like you're the person who said that uh, Prince of Persia: Sands of Time on the big screen, the movie was a cinematic thrill ride. I'm gonna stand by that. Uh, anyway, we are the Carton Cast. My name is Ben. My name is Zane. And today we are doing a non-standard form of animation that uh, scrambled that uh, you you out in the. You out out there in the video game verse are probably familiar with if you have any finger on the pulse of what's going on. Um, we're going to be talking about the Final Fantasy VII remake, specifically all the cutscenes. All the cutscenes. Yeah, the Carton Cast has a deep dark secret, but first you have to fight some ghosts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your mat- what is your material loadout for this for this podcast? Okay, so what do I got here? Well, naturally, my main weapon, my microphone, yeah. uh, that has three slots in it. Two of them are connected. So I figure uh, if I connect the like spray to fire, I can like do some. I can drop some fat beats, and then I have uh, you know my micro. My, you my, can spit uh, hot fire just like Dylon, Dylon, I can, Dylon, I can sp- Dylon, Dylon. <laughs> I'm gonna look that up later. It's, it's a uh, Chappelle show reference. <laughs> don't, don't worry too much about it. Yeah, and my uh, my headphones have the padding material, I guess. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I think I've got um, uh, well, actually, I don't. I, I need to equip my material. Hang on a second. One minute. You can hear it all. Oh yeah, here we go. Oh yeah, your pop filter. My pop filter <laughs> material. This is a static boost to my uh to my defense. Specifically, the de- static shock to your system. Static shock to my system. Specifically, the defense of not having to fend off my own uh battered ego for not sounding as crisp crisp yeah that 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 lowers the end lag on your plosives yes uh yeah i thought you were gonna pull out your uh, jackie chan talismans (laughs) oh no those are uh those those are those are doing some necessary feng shui work they're you know essential workers (laughs) in my room they're always on duty (laughs) for sure yeah so this is gonna be a really interesting one so this is the final fantasy 7 remake cutscenes. um we needed something to replace, uh, you know, scheduling conflict-wise. Redacted. unusual that we needed to, to come up with. And so Chrissy and I have an interesting relationship with this because, you know, Ben, you and I, we played Final Fantasy VII when it came out all those years ago. We were obsessed with it. Everyone was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, there was that long period of time, the, the backlash era. Yes, of Final Fantasy VII, and then recently people have been saying like, "Oh no, guys, it's it's actually really good. It's the masterpiece we all originally thought it was." And then we were edge lords. <laughs> yeah, and, but during this time, <laughs> sensibilities uh, and, and technology have changed somewhat since then, specifically to people who like Final Fantasy VII. Oh man, we will get into that. Okay, but Chrissy was interested in playing some games, uh, and uh, you know, particularly like classics go-to games. And so she uh, played Final Fantasy VII and uh, later nine, ten tactics, uh, and is a little upset that I started her on the best one. Uh, yeah. If her words, not mine. That's going to happen. But, uh, you know, we really enjoyed it, and uh, she actually went into it with absolutely no spoilers, which That's is, awesome. like, such a 
beautiful thing in this day and age. Yeah. Uh, I how, will, did you, were you able to kind of keep your, hold I your tongue my mouth through shut. it? That's I good. was so excited. On the day where I knew that she would be getting to the thing. Spoilers. Um, I uh, I just like, why don't you play a little more today? <laughs> just a, go a little farther. Just a little farther. Let's yeah, finish, so, finish this one up while you have all the sad music around. A, a couple of things about our spoiler policy for this one. Normally we don't care too much, but for this one, first off, if you haven't played the original Final Fantasy VII, there's going to be spoilers for what happens in that. But then also there's weird shit here that's different enough that merits its own spoilers. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't give a shit. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> knowing the twist in advance made this way better for me. Uh, I mean, it made it it made it more enjoyable through, like, one metric of, like, oh, I can see the foreshadowing. I can see, you know, kind of what's going on here. <laughs> I, I understand and appreciate this batshit decision they made and did not, like, do the legwork on for most of it. It's really, it's actually really amazing. Uh, my <laughs> policy on this is that, like, you know, it's an old enough game. I'm not going to keep my mouth shut for those. And if you're in the know enough to have already played it, for this this first part then you're fine and if you haven't played it for this first part for the remake but you did want to play it i i don't know man like i the nouns we use won't matter to you (laughs) also if you hold it on a pedestal of of some sort then like you're just going to be disappointed on my end because i got a lot of opinions here oh good yeah um i didn't buy the remake i did i do love the original Mm -hmm. you know final fantasy 7 it's there's a lot of kind of clever storytelling and uh and and some of some of the analogies to you know the modern day crisis of uh rampant industry choking out um people trying to make a decent lives life for themselves and Mm -hmm. or climate change you know there's there's a lot that resonates with me personally this is this is this deals with some of that and so i still kind of get that resonance but i feel like a lot of the focus has shifted um, from a narratively kind of kind of motivated game into a uh, into a spectacle motivated thing, and spectacle is just I I'm not very good with things that are mostly spectacle. Like uh, the Marvel, like the MCU is really what this made me think of. Is just there's a lot of spectacle. It's kind of underplotted. It made me feel it was like. I didn't like Thor Ragnarok very much, and I know that a mm. lot of people did. And I can't really look at this remake without kind of feeling like there's a lot of just story problems in it. So I, I'm going to be very negative about the entire thing, just so you guys, oh. just so you're aware. Hey, fun contrast, because I uh, like my appreciation of Final Fantasy VII has kind of only gone up. Um, well, well, let's I, let's make the distinction: Final Fantasy VII and remake. I really like the cutscenes in the remake. I didn't play the game. I don't intend to. Yeah, we, um, we neither of us have played it, and it does not look like a game that I would enjoy playing. To be totally honest, yeah, the the design aesthetic choices of this series have moved beyond us, um, mm-hmm. and I can get what I want from it elsewhere better. Yes, um, but in terms of the actual like skeleton of what Final Fantasy VII is. Um, I really enjoyed it originally. I enjoyed watching my wife play through it. I enjoyed reading this 182-page document of somebody, like, reverse engineering it and, like, doing a literary analysis and a gameplay analysis and comparing it to Great Gatsby. Ah. Uh, I'll put that up in the show notes. It's called Reverse Design. Fascinating. It's actually really interesting. Like, it's a... It was one of the original, like, deconstructions of the medium and, like, the, uh, uh, like, move away from the D&D-ness of it all. 
Yeah, I, 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 I think I understand what you're saying. I'd be interested to read that because it's, it's not. I have not thought about Great Gatsby in quite a while, uh, but it'd be, <laughs> it'd be interesting to see a comparison here. Uh, are, just just so problems. everyone is aware. Our analysis is just in regards to the cutscenes. We can't speak to the gameplay at all. We're just looking at this as like, how is that one? How is this as a piece of imbibable visual media? Like, mm-hmm. whether, whether that's a movie, whether that's a cartoon, whether you know, I don't know. I don't know what you'd call a series of cutscenes. It's not a serialized episodic cartoon. It's not a movie, certainly. It's, it's something not a machinima else. like we've watched before with Red versus Blue. It's it's something else. Yeah. So it we're going to have a hard unique. time kind of, uh, I don't know, judging it on a rubric that is well-defined. We're, we're going to sort of have to make up that rubric as we go. But one thing that we can do is sort of contrast it with the original. Mm-hmm. And that, that might be a little difficult because a lot of things have changed both in the industry and in, you know, in the fact that I have a lot of nostalgia for the original that I don't for this. We're going to do our, the best we can, but just be aware that our analysis is not holistic and it is not an indictment of anybody who enjoys this. Yeah, and we're not going to like do a deep dive on each character like we often do in our episodes. It's well, you more going to be They're more one-dimensional than they were in the, the than in the original. It's more going to be what's different. Uh, we're probably going to spend a lot more time on things like production, animation, audio, and uh, pacing. Yeah, pacing is my big is is the big one here. Ben, um, we will get. Th- I think so. This might be one of the best the entire... advantages of just of just watching the cutscenes instead of playing the game because like the cutscenes alone had some pretty big like oh this really important thing is happening just over the horizon. Let's do some bullshit first. Yeah, it's it's kind of amazing. Like when we have a so let let, let me let's to I want to talk about like the the. <clears throat> The, the big problem that I have with the pacing and why it is somewhat in some ways a necessary problem given that they decided to truncate how much the game would take up in terms of the actual story. Um, but, but let me just get through the plot of the Final Fantasy remake up through, you know, leaving Midgar, I guess. Sure. And, and to be totally honest, I didn't watch the very last bit after, like, the motorcycle oh, sequence. Oh, it was tremendous bullshit. Okay, cool. It looked like tremendous bullshit. So, just for, I mean, like, I'm sure everybody knows this, but for anyone who doesn't, um, the, the, the story of Final Fantasy VII Remake um, very closely follows, at least in a skeletal way, the original Final Fantasy VII up through the le- leaving the main city of Midgar. This is kind of a desolated cityscape. Um, the, there was definitely a lot of uh, consideration for the population of this city it looks like a decayed sort of cyberpunk kind of aesthetic yeah like, you're eco-terrorists fighting against the late capitalist regime yes it, think think uh industrialization without uh without governance this could easily be the plot of a miyazaki movie on yes unrestrained <laughs> industry is is what we are dealing with and we we take the place of a of a mercenary who is just there for the coin ma'am uh, and he gets roped into a struggle between this terrorist group, Avalanche, and they're trying to dismantle the industrial establishment um, from from kind of the inside. Uh, along the way, Cloud fucks around with some ghosts and fucks around <laughs> with some psychic visions of a hair, long-haired pretty boy, and then they eventually are out of Midgard. That's the that's the most that's as much as I could. If I was trying to create a story from this remake without the backdrop of Final Fantasy VII, I don't think I could do it. Yeah, it is this my understanding. This doesn't stand on its own at all. 
Yeah, it it really does require that context, which I think I don't mind that decision that much because like everyone has I mean like if you're going to be playing remake, you probably have if 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 you haven't played FF7 and are only playing remake, I'm guessing that you have not been able to dodge things that happen in the original FF7. It it's like going to see Star Wars episode 7 without having watched the original Star Wars or the, any of the prequels. You still know what Star Wars is cuz it's you just still, culturally you know, relevant. Yeah, but that one was designed to also serve as a standalone thing to bring in new fans and this kind of wasn't. Yeah, this this was not. This this absolutely is a um I think that the design choice for this one was more about let's keep the things that people like and embellish them so that we can give mm-hmm. uh, the fans of the original something to really sink their teeth into. Yeah. Like, a, like and, this and is a like, big batch of cookie dough for them. This is actually on brand for other Final Fantasy VII offshoots. Um, there were sequels, prequels, movie-ish things, side things. Yeah, like, the compilation. There was, ton, there was a ton of stuff that happened in this world that... Um, you know, some was better, some was worse, but it, you know, it's hard to synthesize all that into a single game that appeals to both crowds. Um, I do have quite a bit of production on how this got made and what we're watching exactly. Sure. So Final Fantasy VII Remake came out a few weeks ago, yes, <laughs> April it did. 10th, 2020, and almost immediately the cutscenes were put up on YouTube and we figured, you know, that's close enough. Good enough. You, you I think you just wanted an excuse to talk about Final Fantasy VII. Man, I've been watching a lot of anime lately and other things, and I'm like, I watched... I don't know where this ends and anime begins. <laughs> well, I, if I watched, like, 26 episodes of a series, I might as well get an episode out of it, right? Yeah, like, yeah, this there's is... gotta be something to, to something to show for it. This this drew me in. Uh, some, so people I watched... watch it, some people watch a show and then, like, you know, talk about it online with people. We, we just make a podcast episode about it. That's our catharsis. You know, we don't yeah. uh, have a good cry or go for a, a long walk to clear our heads. We just just yell about it to, to internet nerds. I that's, mean, it's... That's how we... That's, that's, how we <laughs> that's how we get it out of our systems. Yeah. Um, I watched the nine-hour cut by Izuni, although there's a less well-edited 15-hour cut that includes some... Uh, you know, alternative scenes by MK Fire Nice, but uh, I I kind of was fine ignoring that one. I uh, I I did the six hour cut uh, by Duck Three Sixty Gaming Two. Hmm. So who knows if those accounts will still be legal by the time we post this episode? But uh, thanks for 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 those heroes for making it <laughs> available to us without having to like look because I didn't want that work. Yeah. So the remake is obviously, like we said, based on the uh, PlayStation 1 game from 1997. And the idea of a remake started as early as the PlayStation 2. <laughs> yes, it, it has actually, I, from my memory, uh, people went nuts about this game ever since it's ever since it released. People, you know, tons of people, something, something about Aerith getting very emotional, something, something about Sephiroth, uh, you know, hashtag wall scrolls, that whole thing. <laughs> there's 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 just a lot this is a lot, and it touched a lot of people, and people were really enthusiastic about it, in part because it's so cinematic, and it was kind of the first... It was it was definitely the first Final Fantasy to do it, but like yeah, the fact I mean, that like, it was the first, and it also had a very good story behind it, um, mm-hmm. people latched onto it. And so it's it's not that surprising that Remake, they were, you know, baying for an encore, basically right at the end of the game. 
yeah this, this kind of had everything you needed to to hit big it's um you know it, it it was one of the most successful switches from a 2d style to a 3d style it looked great uh compared to other 2d to 3d games at the time um it was a kind of darker thing which appealed to the core demographic at the time was getting a little older o- older and it definitely like, appealed to me compared to the other thing that was in the zeitgeist like I often forget Pokemon came into existence only a year before this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that which is amazing, and you know, it really <laughs> it really speaks to different uh, design philosophies for the for the companies that uh, that did it. You know, yeah. N- Nintendo and and the like have only become cuter as time went on, cuter and rounder as time went on, which also um, works for me. <laughs> yeah, and, well, and and apparently Final Fantasy Square has become you know less cute but still very round. Uh, yeah. In, in in some meaningful ways in this uh, in yeah. in this remake. So we ended up getting a lot of you know side content in the compilation, but the production on a remake didn't start seriously until 2015 uh, when it was announced, and it was made in Unreal Engine 4, which is a popular and impressive uh, visual design engine. Mm-hmm. I like the Unreal Engine. Every time I see a game that looks like uh, like more like reality than it should, it's always Unreal Engine. Yeah, yeah, that they, they, they kind of <laughs> paved the way for that. Uh, and a lot of the original talent came back to work on this, and, and they pushed for it because they're like, if we get too old for this, it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, series composer Nobuo Uematsu uh, did a bunch of new remixes of the classic themes, and the original game's director, Yoshinori Kitase, and the original character designer, Tetsuya Nomura, they both expected the other one to kind of take the helm of this. That's amazing. Uh, which I thought was interesting. That sort of um, shows. Nomura ended up with it. He's the guy who directed Advent Children, which is considered a terrible sequel movie, uh, Kingdom Hearts, which evokes a lot of internet opinions. And so people were kind of really worried about what this remake would be because they're like, so you're telling me the Kingdom Hearts guy is working on this and it's only covering the first like 15% or so of the original game. It's been five years in development. What is this going to look like? It, it's a fucking mess. It looks like a goddamn mess, and it looks what? like the guy who made Advent Children just uh, they 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 just glued a pen to his hand. You know, they just never let him stop creating what he wanted to do, and then just he, threw it all together in a in a messy collage of a game. It did have a bit of like Star Wars first draft. No one had the heart to tell him no kind of energy to it, but I think that a lot of it, like they they had the reverence for this, and they had. Probably too many too many ideas for their own good. I I kind of think I I see it kind of a different way. I think that most of the guilt that I'm placing on this on this because I don't think well of the remake as far mm-hmm. as I have seen it. I haven't played it, so you know that's a somewhat half a uh, half fanged opinion. But I don't think very well of it, and I think most of that blame can be laid not at the feet of the director or the you know. Uh, a musical producer or anything like that. I think it's mostly because of the decision to break it out into separate games, to cut down the full-length Final Fantasy VII to a full-length introduction to Final Fantasy VII as its own standalone game. So instead of a really gripping tale of Cloud coming to terms with actually caring about someone other than himself, what we have is, you know, like him trying to replace air filters to get his rent money and then you know <laughs> like you know hunting hunting choco choco chocobo hunters and like dealing with ghost children in a train yard there's just like a lot of side stuff that doesn't really drive any of the well 
I'm sorry, I'm getting into so pacing, I know it, but... Uh, no, well, so so here's here's my counter-argument to that, which is... Because I did like this a fair bit, having not had to actually play it. Sure. Um, Think about where the series was at this moment. So Final Fantasy XV had a notorious kind of development cycle and had a lot of problems. And, you know, these guys really wanted to work on it, tell a more involved, in-depth story... You can't, I can't imagine taking the original game and doing one chock full of game like thing in this new engine with all that stuff. I don't see that happening. And other ways to break it down, I think, also wouldn't have worked. So if you cut the game in half and you have the first half of a full game and people end up hating it, you're never going to get that sequel. So I think ending it at, at sort of a natural ending point of the like end of a chapter kind of thing made sense the problem again was just too much filler you could cut that out and still have put this out a bit earlier and made it a really good first installment and people still would have clamored for more yeah if you do like like a telltale game situation where like you know cut the wolf among us cut the price down to like 20 bucks and have this have no filler in it i think you're okay it's yes. it's just it there's a lot of unnecessary backstory for characters that I will never care about and it's padded to hell like this feels like trying to watch like mid-season Naruto kind of stuff where just every episode you're not <laughs> sure if it's actually going to be important at all or if it's just kind of its own self-contained contained nonsense mm-hmm. you know and and FF7 was not bereft of that nonsense like the whole wall market sequence where you're dressing up as a lady you know, um, that I liked when I was playing it. It lasted like 10 minutes, man. Like it just, uh, <laughs> it was, it was, it was just so short that, you know, it didn't distract terribly from the main content. It was a, it was a mini game, miniature game. Like I, it was, it was very side There stuff. are a lot of mini games. I think that the things that they expanded that were in the original actually turned out pretty well. It's the things that they added that mostly weren't that I think but, I had more of a problem with. Maybe we can we can table that for 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 now until we kind of get into the specifics. Yeah, I'm sure we'll do like a comparison for for specific characters and specific places. Uh, I sure. will point out that this does have, um, you know, the aesthetic and the production value is very high. I really like the music, and I'm going to cut in as much as music I can. Music is really good. Yeah, um, I think um, that they adapted the music to just. I only had like one note on the music yeah. and just. It's adapted very well from the limited sound palette that we had in, you know, PlayStation era into a modern era thing. Like, it it conveys a sophistication that the animation does as well. Like, it, it has evolved in, to, in step with the animation. So, mm-hmm. it still gives me the kind of same feelings. It, it, like, if we had this level of animation, but still kind of chiptune-y sort of... Uh, <laughs> that would have been a little jarring. Yeah, it would have been jarring. It wouldn't have wouldn't have meshed. This does mesh. I don't think that the things that it's accompanying are particularly good storytelling, but it is fit. Yeah. Like it's a good evolution of the original soundtrack. And in terms of the aesthetics, you know, one of the big selling points for the original was how good it looked and how expressive all those character models were. And I think they went for that here as well. You know, you can disagree as to how effective uh, they were at it, but I think. I think that remains a focus for this. Yeah, I think so too. So, I guess, do we want to talk about 
What do we want to talk about? <laughs> I'm trying uh, to think. Yeah, I don't know. Like, we, we could talk a little bit about characters, just because, like, there is something to say. But, like, I, I do want to talk about Cloud, because he kind of... He definitely is a... Uh, we don't have to talk about each character, but he, he kind of epitomizes a lot of the problems that I had watching this. Yeah, yeah, he's he's part of... He is of this game. He's of this game, and he's also a very unflattering reflection of their prime... The, the, the Square's prime audience at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let me explain what I... The disaffected youth? Not that. The, the fucking harem <laughs> child. The, 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 the Sword Art Online Kirito bullshit. Yes, I... Okay, Note to the audience, this is an extremely horny game. It's so horny. <laughs> Why is it so horny? <laughs> I was kind of into it. Like, I thought Cloud looked pretty good. Well, it's 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 kind of amazing He's because, boy. In, you know, the original Final Fantasy VII is notoriously bad looking, depending on how you, depending on your, your you know, myopia and, and how you think of uh, the aging industry. But, like, it is, like, a lot of angles, a lot of Lara Croft cleavage kind of stuff that we get so a character like tifa yes she had big boobs but she also was subtle because Mm -hmm. she wasn't photorealistic or like she wasn't curvy in a way that like told me exactly what my relationship is to her you know and every time we interact with her in this it's all a veiled oh you could have me if you really wanted me cloud shimmy 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 like there's a lot of just like (laughs) shimmying for no reason well, that's the thing. So, you know, you take these iconic sort of motions from the game and you try to reinvent them with more photorealistic characters. It, it, Tifa especially was Uncanny Valley. Um, T- I think TV, the other characters did it a bit, bit better. Jesse, well, I don't mean in terms of like animation or modeling. I, I'm talking specifically in their actions. Um, uh, let me explain what I mean here. Like he, there's a, there's a scene in, um, in the first like bit of it, where when when Jesse is still alive, uh, you know, go fuck yourself, audience. But um, so 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 Jesse comes also up Jesse's to, a character in this one. Yeah, like whatever. <laughs> like what, like did we? What did we really think was gonna happen? Um, she's got you know breast chainmail. Okay, it's it's ridiculous. But in one of the first scenes where like she wants you to go on a secret night mission because we need some filler here, boys. Um, so she like, invites you to her, you know, to, 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 she says, I'll meet you back at your place that there's, you know, take a drink. Um, and then you get there and she does like this kawaii, honey, I'm home. Like, you know, the fucking yeah, sailor like, scout transformation. Can, she, uh, oh, honey, I'm home. Haha. Ha, can, can you imagine? Like, if we were, but we could anyway. <laughs> yeah, we could. I mean, like, am I too, ta- am I talking too much? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're talking. What is this? What is this? What is happening here? <laughs> Princess Carolyn, what are we doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, so like that, that, that's two. Like, so she, she, she throws herself at you and she threw herself, herself at you in, uh, in the first one. Yes. It um, wasn't as overt. It's, you didn't spend as much time with her. It's so much more overt, and it's and it's also kind of pandering because not only is she interested, but she is aggressively interested, and you as Cloud shove her off, as though to say to the audience, you can be a cool, badass, standoff kind of guy and brush off all these women who are baying for your affections, just like you get rejected in your real life. I, oh, I don't know. I just I read a lot into like <laughs> why is this the why is this the avatar for the person playing this? There's so many girls 
all of the girls in this are are constantly baying for that dick and just you are constantly put in a position where you can reject them like well, i feel like those... that's intentional yeah well you're not even put in the option to do it 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 happens automatically you can say like literally there's like a couple different times where you say <laughs> Like, uh, let me let me let me pull it up because it's kind this, of amazing. Yeah, this one's actually really good. <laughs> what is the it? one I'm thinking of? Yeah, yeah. Where she so invites you in. The the it's the constant dating sim aspect of this, which is like really consistent. Um, if you tell Aerith, I don't want a flower, please fuck off. She doesn't, in fact, fuck off. She gets Sundari, and you take the flower anyway. Mm-hmm. If you tell Jesse you're not part of Avalanche and tell her to fuck off, she tells you that there's such a thing as playing too hard to get and then asks if you're DTF tomorrow night. It's, yeah, basically. It's, it's a never-ending stream of horny, you know, <laughs> a horny sim. And and the options It's a dating it, sim. The, the text options that it gives you, like, if she's like, do you want to come in? Your options are like, no, and like, no, parentheses, mean. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's a Dragon Age. Like I'm gonna say no, no matter what, but I can be diplomatic, or I can be cruel, or I can be sarcastic. Is it bad that this all really worked on me? I mean, it, it just isn't. Have my... I been watching too much anime? No, no, no. I think it's like let's 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 bring to mind some anime uh, cliches here. Kirito. Mm-hmm. I think the Sword Art Online one is relevant. Yeah. Um, this is a character who doesn't really have much to him. He just has a harem, and they're all really impressed with him, despite the fact that he's got the personality of garbage. Cloud has the personality of garbage, yes? <sighs> ben, he's a sensitive bad okay. boy. <laughs> Let's just accept that he's got the personality of garbage, um, at least in the remake. Like, I actually thought he was, like, understated in a cool way in the, in the original. But this one, he's just, you know, very... Well, because he's always talking about his money here. Yeah, he, yeah, that that's another thing that's like really difficult. But, <laughs> but, but, but I accept the fact that some people like the idea of this kind of fantasy. Uh, you know, put myself in the shoes of this person who I am not. Fantasy escapism of here's here's a cool guy who's a badass. I want to I want to be like that. And it's mm-hmm. um, but it's it's just so nailed down. Like it's so specific and. I don't know. I just find him a lot less interesting than when he had less dialogue and the models conveyed a lot less emotion on the face. You could kind of... It's the difference between watching a movie and reading a book, I guess, to phrase it somewhat indelicately. It's just that there's no subtlety to the character. So instead of Tifa kind of giving a flirtatious wink, she's like grinding on you in the bar, you know? it's And it's because the, of the filler, she the has difference. to do it like five times. She's got to do it like five times, otherwise you'll forget, because <laughs> it's a 60-hour fucking game as, as opposed to like a two-hour intro sequence. I do have a problem with how often it happened. I don't... I didn't mind the fact that they were all really interested in him, because like... No, that's true me, in the that original. made sense. That's like, also true in the original. But But they sold it more, right? Like, you get a better sense of this place as... The slums, life is cheap, you know, we could die at any time. And here are these women who see this very attractive guy who can do superhuman things, beautiful baby blues, he acts hard to get, but you can tell he's got a softness inside, like, hell yeah, jump his bones. Yeah, I I get it, but like, once you cross the realm into pandering, which this doesn't take that much time before it starts to be pandering. That's true. It does go a little far. Like, are you on the same wavelength with me of like, Every time you are flirted with, it is a direct call to the audience to enjoy the idea of a girl flirting with you. I mean, that's that's classic advertising. Like that, I feel like that is what they are trying to do there, and I take didn't a, really feel like a, that in the original. 
take a look at any like um you know teenage drama um poster for a tv show and the the women will be looking at you uh yeah as if to inviting. desire you and the men will be looking elsewhere not a threat yeah um yeah. <laughs> but like it's uh so like i that's the problem I, in the original all of the flirtation came across as like a reference <laughs> on cloud being you know, kind of distance, and oh, he's so yeah, mysterious. Yeah, hey, soften up. You're one of us. Come he's, on. He's so mysterious. You know, there was yeah. a lot of that to it. In this one, it feels like they are trying to tell me that I'm cool, and maybe that's just me projecting onto it. But I couldn't shake the feeling of being pandered to. And if there's one thing that I can't handle in <laughs> me, my media, it is pandering to me and expecting me to applaud. It's why I have such a trouble with a laugh track. It's why I have such ire for a lot of harem shows that aren't like are, are marketing themselves as something that isn't a harem show uh-huh it's 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 just a hard thing for me to get past that's it yeah because I, I i found it kind of different like i thought that because of all the extra time we spend with him it's easier not to project yourself into his position um honestly i thought that he could have been a bit nicer to those lovely ladies um <laughs> But that is me. I am notoriously hornier than you uh, for media. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily true. I just got like I, I just got differently angled boners is all. Mm-hmm. But the but I, I think that um so the the idea of uh I, I, what I think is interesting is the idea of when you take it from the two point three D into the you know three dimensional. From mm-hmm. the original to the remake, the idea that the characters get more well defined so that they are harder to relate to, I think is an actual concern. You know, we, we talk about this sometimes that um abstractifying um characters uh does something for our relatability. Like I can relate to characters in hmm, how do I express this? Uh I'm trying to think of things where where we have an animated medium and then it gets made live action, and I can't quite. Oh, like Osmosis Jones. Ah, uh, no, 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 not really. <laughs> what what I what I'm saying is that changing from animation to quote unquote live action, I feel like you you you're pinning down more specifics, right? Mm-hmm. But you are also losing some subtlety, <clears throat> and that is uh that's something I really appreciated in the original game, especially in this first bit. Like Tifa as a bartender, for instance, in the original game, it. You know, you basically go into the bar and Tifa says, what can I get you? And you, you have options, you know, just like, uh, give me a beer or I want something hard. Uh, and then she like shakes a little something and, and throws it like, to you. she's like, I want something hard. <laughs> and then she doesn't do that. Um, and, and then, you know, that's the entire interaction. But you get information from that. You get kind of rounding out of these characters that are hard to peg down, mm-hmm. which is that, you know, uh, you know, they, they kind of have a familiar kind of relationship to them and that like you know tifa is a bartender she's good at her job but she doesn't make a big thing out of it in this game you have like a five minute sequence where it's an excuse to show her as like a pinup calendar you know fantasy fulfillment pose and like in general i think when the character models are blockier they were also abstracted in a way that just made them nuanced like i feel like this is just very specific tifa is here for your enjoyment and in the original, in that same scene, Tifa is here because that's where she works. You know, it, it just felt like a very different intent. Interesting. Yeah, I I don't know. Because to me, it, it all comes from the problem, which is that there's a ton of padding. Um, yes, I agree. I agree that the, the cardinal sin of this is because <laughs> it is so fucking padded. 
but in terms of the reality of like why they are where they are and the world around them i thought that it was pretty well realized in the same way that the original was maybe the original gets extra points for the fact that it was the first time they had done that and you had to be more intentional because you didn't have the technology resources and you took fewer fewer things for granted but you know the the Tifa, you know bar scene. Yeah, I agree with you. But in the general sense, I think they they did pretty well. Tifa, I think, is for me the worst adapted the worst adapted character. I I don't think that uh, I I didn't particularly like uh, Jesse, but for a lot of the same Main reasons. That, like I mean. the the all of the female characters, I don't think are done well. They are the primary focus of them is to slob that knob, and mm-hmm. it's just not doing it for me. Like. Barrett is handled fine. I think Barrett's great. Which is great. surprising because in the original he was handled not fine. He's not so great, but like this is this is okay. Like I like uh, I like how Barrett. You can kind of see his tr- hair trigger temper, and you could see that in the original too. It was mostly carried with like the fist shake animation, but this yeah. one he's just like constantly asking. You know, uh, I, I want to say Brad. That's not his name. Biggs asking Biggs. big. <laughs> asking Biggs to like hold me back bro hold me back you know yeah, that, yeah. that's that's always his dynamic yeah his act his action poses uh translated pretty well I think so Barrett is like this like Japanese Mr. person's T. idea of black people which is yes. Mr. T with a gun for a hand <laughs> yes in a way that like I have always loved this character honestly <laughs> yeah like it's so over the top that it sells you on the idea that like no yeah this is a this went all the way around of uh, the stereotype wheel and is back to being a good character and it's so funny like it is funny that like they they drew like they they created him as like a Japanese interpretation of a scary black man and then constantly had him scaring white people all all throughout the game. That was like, amazing. With, with no tongue in cheek attitude about it. It's like, I, oh, this is what he does. He I scares a bunch of white the dudes. people on the train who are like, well, yes, we don't like being oppressed, but you could be civil about it. And he just stands up. I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't hear you from all the way over there. I didn't hear you with all my gun hand. <laughs> law-abiding concerned citizen law-abiding really in my humble opinion that explosion was a message a message to the bastards bleeding our planet dry think they got it heard it loud and clear Y'all's masters. We will not submit to intimidation or violence, but work together for peace and prosperity. That is how civilized people change the world. That's right. That is the Shinra Creed. I, also a good example of dialogue that I think was really fucking bad. Um, like in, in the train sequence when uh, when he comes on stage and like... <clears throat> All the Shinra people are like, working together for a better tomorrow. That's the Shinra creed. There was a lot of like middle school play, yeah, <laughs> like dialogue. I I could I kind of couldn't believe it was that bad. You know? It's bad, but also like, you know, you take away the dopey delivery, and I'm seeing a lot of the same stuff on Facebook from people. Like, it's not an unreasonable stance for for somebody to take who has bought into the system and is doing better than the lower class. I, I, like that I to me, that to me felt very in the moment. The difference is the voice acting. The voice acting of it is is like innocent of how crazy it sounds. You know. Yes. Like it, it just it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe 
I don't know. I'm getting on my own ass pretty hard here. Never mind. But Barrett, uh, one of the big things is like he is completely bought into this idea that um, so so Shinra, the company that runs Midgar, the main city, it is draining this force Mako, which is absolutely supposed to be pronounced Mako. I don't care what anybody says. Every time I heard it, I was like, Mako Uematsu? Like, are we we talking about Aku? Is that that what's going on? And um, so they're they're draining the planet, basically. It it's kind of a metaphor for climate change, but I don't think peop- that was really on people's radar in 97 to the same degree. Uh, I mean, like, you know, the threat of industrialization being bad for the environment was probably cogent yeah. enough at the time. Yeah, that, and that's a heavily, you know... Mining was, town Studio Ghibli features pretty kinda... prominently in, in Coral, you know, that, yeah, that so is a very... Yeah, so it's not unreasonable. Yeah, that's, um, that's a Barrett, relatable thing, especially in America. Barrett the whole Dust is, Bowl thing. Um, has decided that there's no better way to ensure a good future for his adopted daughter than to take the man down directly because they've they've brainwashed the sheeple, you know, average people into a, into thinking that Shinra good, Avalanche bad. Um, right. And it, I, I think they, uh, <clears throat> I mean, clearly they want you to grapple with both sides of that issue. Um, I think the original kind of made it much clearer how evil Shinra was, like, in everything it did. Yeah, they don't give, like, a lot of personality to the actual machinations of Shinra, other than that the corporate elite are constantly jerking off to, like, taxing poor people. Like, that, the, beyond that, we don't get a lot behind yeah. the, the, the Shinra kind of credo and what it does to the, the people involved. I guess you get a little bit of that with, like, Jesse's parents or whatever. I mean, like they, I, they seem to have a pretty decent life. They're innocent of the things that Shinra is putting most people through. And well, Jesse's well, her dad's like in a coma from Mako exposure. Okay, well, that as well. But, like, it the, the whole, like... <laughs> but her mama makes a nice pizza. Hey. Makes a nice pizza pie. No, it's, like, I, I actually thought that that point of it was a little bit cool because it sort of reflected this idea of, like, Jesse understands the problems with, I'll just say, climate change. Her parents are like, well, you know, we've been, the world's been spinning a long time, and you know that you're young, so you don't understand that it's not as big of a thing as you think it is. And yeah, so like, there, there was some kind of like distancing of that older generation from the things that Jesse saw as the actual problem. I thought that, that was kind of cool. That urgency and that inability to to convey how serious it is that really resonated with me yeah and if i didn't have an extremely horny fight with the motorcycle enthusiast like somewhere in there like that might have played a little better but they, ben, they don't that f- was absolutely necessary they you don't, have to they have don't, a motorcycle fight because you're not going to put it in at the very end and nowhere else they they just don't focus on the things that are cool in the story <laughs> Yes, that is true. It's like at one point, one Shinra exec is is tell, talking to Avalanche like, "What if you get your way and all the electricity turns off? You think they're gonna think you're a hero?" And then they just abandon go it. Back. It's gone. <laughs> they're it's like, gone the next moment. Listen, somebody's got to jack me off to the fact that these poor people are dying. <laughs> it ain't gonna be me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is role play here. I have to have you guilt me into into an orgasm here. The the fact that they like invade the Shinra building and this new plot element of like the mayor of Midgar is a hostage there and he's secretly an avalanche plant. Like, that all made no sense. <laughs> yeah, they, they they really tried to, like, staple the threads of this plot together. And it didn't make sense in the original one, but it was, it was less cinematic, so it was more forgivable. Like, the original had the mayor, Domino, being like, you know what? Shinra's treated me bad. I became, I'd be, I've been made a figurehead as opposed to an actual player. 
um, fuck the fuck those guys. He, oh, he I don't knew. even remember him in the original. He, yeah, he, well, he was, that's, that's my fucking point, Zane. It's, it, he was there for a minute, all of a minute. That's, he gave you a key card, and then he was done. So, like, yes, thing. it was, like, a papering in of, like, the threads of this plot, but you didn't worry about it because it wasn't, like, a side mission that you had to do. It wasn't animated in a way to make you feel like it was important. Yes. They, it was just the, there, and the it was plot, done. The plot didn't necessarily make sense, but they left more unsaid so you could give them the benefit of the doubt. Here they left nothing unsaid, except for the stuff at the end that was really confusing and they needed to say more about. Yeah, okay, so the other thing about this is, I I know we've already kind of talked about the fact that this is padded to hell and that we really have sacrificed a lot in order to make a full game out of the beginning arc. But I I think we actually need to talk more about it, because there's a lot there. Because... There's there's the ghosts and the Sephiroth thing. Yeah, so let's talk about the the twist. The spoilers for what make the remake almost a different game with new plot elements. Like it's it's almost a reimagining and I think that we should get into it because I like parts of it. Okay, get to, tell me tell me how you feel <clears throat> about this. So the main idea is um as we go through the game without context and extremely confusing for anybody who didn't play the original. Uh, Cloud gets brain flashbacks to uh, Sephiroth, who has who pays him way more attention now than he used to, um, for reasons that kind of make sense. Um, Cloud has kind of this dissociative personality. Tifa, in theory, should know this about him, but does not. It doesn't come up at all, really. Like I don't think it shows in her character well, but that's beside the point. So, <clears throat> during the course of the game, we get these headache, headaches where he sees Sephiroth, and Sephiroth is taunting him. Mm-hmm. At the same time. There are instances where something, where ghosts show up. I it's guess it's ghosts. The, <laughs> yeah, it's some. Um, it's some plot ghosts. It's, it's little. Mi- plot it's ghosts. some Miyazaki spirits. Yeah, and they do things. They do little, little twists, little it tweaks of what's everything. going on. Yeah, I. Yeah, and go it's on, not please. obvious what they're doing until the end, but it is obvious in retrospect. So what they they're, are doing yeah, is, they are, looking at the events of the remake. Comparing it to the events of the original game and saying, <laughs> this is that's not wrong. how it was supposed yeah. to be. That's not how it was in the original. And they just they just fix it. <laughs> that's a, I honestly had the same read of that is like the ghosts follow destiny. <laughs> destiny. That sounds. Oh, OK, we got it. Like, you mean Internet trolls. OK. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so everybody who has like. It, so give it give us an example <laughs> the, of that. The game I feel like there's had a, such uh, a self-esteem problem that they included a counter argument to the people who would be mad about it in the game itself <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of amazing so like and i expect this to come back in the eventual you know heiress whether or not to kill her off kind of thing mm. um but you, you know i i expect there's like gonna be some like secret shit that you can do to uh fight against destiny because that's what cool anime protagonists do um, yeah so and, at the end and, of this, save her, but like, yeah, go <clears throat> ahead. Give us an example of this following destiny thing. Well, like for example, um, he, uh, during an early mission, Cloud runs into Aerith on the, you know, just on the street, and they start talking, and you get the sense that they're going to start actually like recognizing something about each other and sharing plot information, and the ghosts are like, nope, and they just like push them apart. <laughs> they cock block him, not for the first time. I, I don't understand this uh, this necessity. Like, I feel like there was a disconnect between wanting to adhere to the first, the, the original game by making it the same in a lot of ways and wanting to put a new twist on it. 
And I, I don't know why you didn't just have the conversations go relatively the same way as the first one. Like, it, is, this a, is this a remake or a reimagining, I guess is the question. And it's, this it's, is... it's a remake. Like, the, these are all the same plot events with just <laughs> extra filler episodes about Naruto having a, having a chimpanzee on his back. So, so this is the other reason why I think End of Midgar was a good place to put the end of this game. So let me explain how the ending works. Sure. Um, they escape from Midgar. It's the same thing that happens at the, at the normal point in the plot. We get a cool motorcycle sequence in like this old rust bucket, like sedan. Love the, love the sedan. <laughs> it looks so, like that does not look like any other vehicle in the game. Am I wrong about that? <laughs> they, uh, I, I'm going to let you continue, but just one other thing about making it less blocky and more realistic is that a lot of the nouns look so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that buster sword for fuck's sake like you could handle it when it was like you know you could barely figure out if it was a sword or not yeah now there was <laughs> not so much you had the you had the suspension of disbelief to believe that it could be sharp yeah it and might that be gone. sharp <laughs> yeah well that, yeah it just oh so what happens is um at the end of the bridge original game they just they they're gone they leave they go out into the wild world here they let, run into me... like let, let me let me let me make it a little bit clearer for what my point is. Like, imagine in Chrono Trigger, you have a frog swordsman wielding a sword, and it's silly, but it's like pretty low tech animation, kind of cartoony stuff to get it through. <laughs> Photorealistic frog wielding a sword, wielding this the same blocky the, sword, <laughs> the same sword, the same cape, everything. That's the problem. <laughs> is that it? Just it looks. It looks horrible. <laughs> To, to imagine these cartoony things in real life. I can't wait to see how they do uh, Kate Sith. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I would love to see Kate Sith. They, so they show the Mog at one point, do they? The, well, they, the showed, they showed the, the robotic cat. cat, like, when they dropped the plate on the slums uh, to, like, it's a false flag operation, and they wanted to kill those people anyway. And this robotic yeah. cat that's being remote controlled by a VIP who's, like, the only good guy on the Council of Villains. And I do like how well they distinguished him this time. Um, yeah, they you call see him, him like, yeah, you can see this cat like throw up his hands and like, you blew it all up, damn you, damn, <laughs> you damn dirty apes. If you didn't play the original, what the hell is that thing? What it, what are we <laughs> is doing? Is it gonna here? show up again? <laughs> yeah, the omniscient narrator is really weird in this. <laughs> so at the end of the game, uh, instead of going off into the wide world, there is a portal to a plot dimension. And Aerith knows what's going on, and no one else does. And there's, like, this implication that she lived through the events of the original game and then got time-traveled back to this one, is oh, my is, read on it. Because she, like, has happened? she has some foreknowledge. Like, she seems to know things she couldn't know. Okay. Because um, she has the knowledge of the Ancients, the Ancients being the people way back in 1997. And what happens is Sephiroth is, like cackling and goading them into fighting these plot ghosts who take the form of like slightly larger plot ghosts so that you can have a samurai battle and then you 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 know you murder them you slay sephiroth in your own mind but it doesn't take and what happens is it, it is revealed quote unquote because they don't explain a goddamn thing you've destroyed the ghosts of the plot so now the the you know the the cuffs are off anything can happen we no longer have these angry internet people telling us to do it exactly the same way. So now all the like plot stuff that happens in the whole rest of the game 
can be more open-ended. We don't know that Aerith necessarily will die. We we see some of the members of Avalanche not die, uh, and we get to sort of, like, oh my god, the world, this cool world is now completely open again. It feels like a new adventure. I, I, I guess I just didn't feel the same way. I guess... I mean, like, I guess if I was, like, breaking it down into what this is articulating, yes, we get that this is a different adventure because of those kind of differences in the in the plot or whatever. I, I feel like it could have been handled better than plot ghosts. All plot right. ghosts feels like the laziest way to <laughs> kind of paper that over, doesn't it? I Couldn't you mind... just have, like, instead of, uh, in, in, like, at the end of, uh, end of the Midgar sequence, I don't know, kill off... Barret or something like the plot more... ghosts bring him back to life. What's that? The plot ghosts bring him back to life. I know, dude. Like because it wasn't his time. Because uh, you know, because the internet. Because the internet. Yeah, I just I I can't believe that this is the this is where they landed as like this is the elegant way to tell the audience that the gloves are off. Yeah, the gloves, not the cuffs. Um, here. Overall, I actually kind of liked or cl- the plot cuffs, ghosts. Either way. Um, I have three major problems with the ghosts. One, the ending is bad. Yeah, that's a bad ending. It, and it's not bad because it didn't make sense. It's bad because they didn't explain the sense behind it. It's also bad because and it's they, a scale that doesn't fit the moment. Like, in the entire Final yeah. Fantasy VII thing, like, obviously, and that's is just back to the pacing problem. When they get out of Midgar, there is a moment of, like, the world opened relief. up. This is, like, this is the uplifting beginning of the story. But because the place that you're in in the remake is this is the end of a story, mm-hmm. we need a final confrontation kind of moment, and that has to be a final destination, Fox only, no items. And, you know, so you, you just, you, they shunt you into a star dimension where you have to have a boss fight. Like, that. The moment and it didn't have to, to be, be that epic. Way. The moment has to be epic because of the way they cut up the game. But the moment in the actual story of the original Final Fantasy VII wasn't really that kind of an epic moment. Fighting a mech by the big evil corporation that they sent after you after the president died because your like ghost mentor murdered him, and after a motorcycle battle—that's pretty epic. That's pretty good. Do that. Yeah, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. Uh, so problem one is the ending. Problem yeah. too with the ghosts is that it's just the clumsiness comes from the fact that because they are, for lack of a better term, ghost shaped, um, like I put a blanket over my head and I'm a ghost kind of shape. Yeah, they're um, you know, they're 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 formless entities. Um, I feel like I've seen this in any number of things, like the faith in uh, FF10. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely seen it as in, in like a bunch of shit in um uh miyazaki stuff you know this is this is a fairly popular japanese way to portray this is a spirit it's maybe not for good and maybe not for ill but that's what it is well that's the thing though is that like because they are like agents and you can understand that they have agency but you don't understand what they want and they like they operate by like slamming their heads against you in this really obnoxious way like i thought it would have been better if like the planet which is being murdered basically uh has this plot midi-chlorian stuff mako that can do a bunch of stuff they have like planetary antibodies in the form of the weapons like you had stuff that was already there and you didn't need to rely on plot ghosts and you didn't like it was all at the end where any of it started to be contextualized that's why for me it was better knowing the the twist going in 
it's just it's another extraneous detail i think you know there's um mm-hmm. i don't understand what the plot ghosts do that we need in this yeah and like, i think a battle against a weapon would have been way better oh yeah like a like a primeval weapon like a uh this is a baby weapon that like the problem is just kind of kicking off and this is the uh-huh. first one that gets you exactly yeah, that, that that's kind of cool they I tried mean, it, doing it through some plot nonsense and they couldn't do it so now they're sending up a weapon Right. It. I guess. I guess. Being in my most generous, if we want to, you know, kind of tease. Hey, there's going to be stuff that you are not familiar with from the first one, which I guess is maybe what they needed to do yeah. in order to have another one of these. We had to say this isn't Final Fantasy VII. It's just in that same world. But they're also following the plot kind of to a T. So like that doesn't. Even the third Lord of the Rings movie has some flashback sequences to remind you what happened. I didn't and like those no either. There's no way you're going to watch that without watching the first two. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like that, that, and that wasn't a good movie in a bunch of different ways as well. Like, remember when Aragorn is like, oh, we really, we really beefed up this idea that we are crazy outnumbered for this final, like, battle for Gondor. Uh, Ghost Army. They're in, they're, I inherited them. The point is, you knew what was going on as it was happening. Kind of. Um, like you could read in theory you can read any harry potter book in any order because they start the first few chapters they explain things they give you context um yeah anyway the the third problem i had with the ghosts is we had a whole major section of the game which shouldn't have been there where there were also ghosts but they were different ghosts yeah well that was the train yard right let's talk about how bad this train yard sequence is this is Pretty much, from what I can tell, everybody's low point, both of the game and of the plot. It was a bad, It was a low point in the original, too, to be totally fair. But again, yeah, it was it only lasted, two screens there. lasted five minutes, yeah, is the and thing. So that and also, in the original, you don't really r- realize, like, what's going on back at Sector 7 where they're about to collapse the plate until you're back there. Yeah, it, it's a, a really cool, oh, shit, the things have been... Things have been bad ever since I got, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I had not realized all the things that have transpired since I was since I was last here. Shit's really popping off here. You find out about what's happening. It is a mad dash. You can see them fighting. You can see the helicopters coming in. They need your backup. They need your support. What if we put some children's spirits to rest? That was like kind of alluded to in some side quest material. There's like. I don't, I think this, there's a problem with Square in in terms of, like, their, their storytelling gets really floaty and abstractified, and I don't know when it started. Because in FF7, it was pretty clear. In FF10, we had, like, the faith and, like, this kind of psycho dreamscape, and that was okay, but... The fact that you murder, in Final Fantasy X, you murder the primary antagonist, like, two-fifths of the way through, and then he still shows up... Right, and like I guess the entire the 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 conceit of that whole plot is that we are engaging with this. What happens after we die? Oh, if it's real and it's an active player, then we got to deal with that. But there's also kind of the dreamy weeminess of the faith that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So like we're getting more kind of up our own asses, religiously speaking. Final Fantasy thirteen comes around. There's like a ton of proper nouns that I don't have context for. So like they're really trying to unseat us from like understanding implicitly what is going on. Mm-hmm. And now we get into remake and they're just not even trying anymore. <laughs> like they're they're trying to not make sense it feels like. Right. I I don't know. I can't really Do can you think of a game that did it really well? That kind of avoiding the floatiness and avoiding the confusion. I don't know. I feel like Final Fantasy 7 did it really well. Like the 
all of the confusion and like the floatiness was look all of the supernatural plot elements they told you what was going on or they uh they kept it from you in order to justify a cool twist and i just don't have any faith that they are going to be able to do that like i didn't have faith in that they didn't do that well in final fantasy 10 they just had like that weird faith spirit saying don't cry you're already dead your dad loved you stuff like that you know it just uh yeah it didn't really yeah. pay off in the same way that the psychological flashback stuff in final fantasy 7 does and these ghosts just don't my main problem is that they they're they don't do anything for the story like they are at best filler that comments upon the characters but that doesn't happen here so it's just padding I, and to be clear you're talking about the train ghosts not the plot ghosts i i either of them i think the plot ghosts i like i i'm i'm, I'm on board with that main conceit you're on team bl- plot ghost i i'm not uh i'm not i don't have confidence that they will be able to carry that through very well i so here's the thing this whole thing was for them to set up like Hey guys, in the next games, anything can happen. It's a whole new world. Let's get excited again. But they've pretty much confirmed in interviews, like next segment's pretty much going to be exactly the same as you remember it. It has to be. That's the that's the market they're going for. <clears throat> that said, like I'm looking forward. I might play later installments of it because they might do more with like all those fun mini games and that like tactics thing on a mountain that they do, <laughs> like oh, submarine uh, battle. Yeah, the 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 fucking uh, uh, mount mount. Uh, uh, Mount Fort Condor. Yeah, Fort Condor. Condor. Yeah. yeah. I, so what I like about this, so just I, I've been talking a lot mm-hmm. of shit about this because I don't think it's a good game or a good you know watch. But what I do like about this is the imagining of the environments that I fell in love with as pretty awesome set pieces. In the, mm-hmm. like, I liked seeing that dumb little cat slide thing portrayed in loving rendered three dimensional. <laughs> you know, Advent Children design. Like, I think that's really cool. I love how Barrett looks. Barrett I mean, looks I've, good. I, I've always loved how Barrett looks, but that, so that's not that's not new. Um, I liked a lot of um, the Wall Street uh, or Wall Market, Wall I guess Market, it's called. Yeah, yeah, Wall Market. I liked a lot of what happened there. There is a lot of really fun scenes there because they like, they really lean into the fact that this is not like any other part of the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it wasn't in the original either. And I, I think that they do at least... For whatever I don't think they are doing well artistically, they are getting a little bit better at handling like notions of being PC about gender. Because hmm. in, in the wall market sequence where you dress up as a lady, there's like this really flamboyant something or other who dresses you up, and he's just like, "Beauty is in the heart, without conventions of gender," and just like <laughs> is just just whispering beautiful nothings into into Cloud's ear. Yeah, um, but, but and then that you I do th- some beautiful dance contest stuff, and the I ladies in the audience was, are getting really I, into it. I honestly thought it was pretty good. True beauty is an expression of the heart, a thing without shame, to which notions of gender don't apply. Don't ever be afraid. One thing I do want to mention about that sequence is it highlights. I've already talked about it, but we're already here. Like, the fact that Aerith watching you is just kind of mewling and gasping every so often as she's watching you in ways that do not match what is going on on the stage. (laughs) Like, and applause and like a woo 
or a whistling, those are acceptable. But going, <gasps> you know, yeah, like, doing you, all, like a you lot like of and locked it. Yeah, like a lot of orgasm noises coming from the audience. Yeah, and, I thought um, I thought Aerith's uh, character on the whole was pretty well, pretty well, like pretty true to the original as a character who doesn't look like she'd be a tomboy but is and is up for adventure wants out of her doldrums and also knows everything that happened in the last game and that she dies i i honestly i can't get past the fact that they're just they're there for cloud that's Mm -hmm. the that's the i can't get over that idea and like i haven't seen anything to the contrary is that jesse tifa and Aerith are all there for cloud because they want them to be there for you I don't see that. I think all of their interest in him, you know, for Aerith, it's definitely an ulterior motive. She's like, okay, this guy can take down Sephiroth. I'm going to butter him up. That to me never felt like, it felt like she was exploiting him, to be honest. Tifa, like childhood friend, I know that you're emotionally unstable. I'm trying to keep you from going on a rampage. Jesse, that's just harmless fun. That's just harmless fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's, just, that's uh, just, how about a quick All these kids today. <laughs> um. Okay. Let, let's let let me be try to be a little bit more fair and nuanced about this. I think maybe the big problem isn't that they are told in a different way, but they are told with a different set of assets. Um, because uh, in, in the original FF Seven, yes, Eris immediately proclaims you her bodyguard. Yes, Tifa has a vested interest in you, and yes, Jesse throws herself at you. <coughs> However, mm-hmm. they don't repeat it as much because the length of that section is 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 smaller. And you also don't get that uncomfortable feeling of being pandered to because they aren't actual, like, they're, I mean, like, I know I'm just going to get, like, a lot of feedback here, but they are sexier now, you know? They are they mm-hmm. are more reminiscent of people what you could have physical attractions to. And that means whenever they talk, my brain is always saying, the designers are trying to make me horny. Yeah, And yeah. I, I feel and that oftentimes now. oftentimes not and good I, horny. And I didn't feel that then. And maybe that's just because, again, maybe the design is the same, but the fact that the assets are hornier makes me interpret them in a different way. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Like, like it's a, it feels baser. It, it does. Feels, it feels dirtier than like, oh, this is just some harmless fun. You know, it's, it's, it's iconized. It's not as uh, in-your-face, upfront pornography-like kind right. of thing. Like, like it was, uh, like it's the difference between something being, uh, uh, indulgent and gratuitous. Mm, yeah. So, like, I, I think that FF Seven was indulgent in how it, you know, had a bunch of women latching on to the main character that is you. In this, it's gratuitous. Yeah. Like they just don't stop, and they are just way too realistic for that not to be weird and make it feel mm-hmm. kind of objectifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I, I apologize that I'm getting so hung up on that, but I couldn't get over it. <laughs> right, right. Like, again, in, t- in Tenchi Muyo, they never pretended that they weren't doing that. You know? Yeah, they, they were upfront about it, and many of them were like, I'm going to get with this guy, and that's going to be good for me because he's the chosen one. Yeah, not only is it going to be good for me, it's going to be bad for you, and that's kind of the tenor of the relationship here. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. So like I I I I admit that I'm coming to it from a pretty biased perspective. Like I'm I was expecting it to not be good about this and it wasn't, so it just hurt a little bit more. Mhm. 
Um, so let's see. Are there other characters we wanted to talk about? Let's talk about the fucking dumb original character Do Not Steals. The ones that ones? are only in the remake and, and nowhere in the original. You talking about Avalanche or you talking about, like, Marl? I'm talking about Marl. I'm talking about Roche. Oh, so Roche was actually in a uh, different, like, Final Fantasy VII offshoot thing, I think. Yeah? Like, he was in a, he was in a novelization. You didn't know. <laughs> no, no, thank you. I didn't mind him. I'm sure he'll show up later. I really minded him because, I, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm glad that the horniness that Cloud gets is not com- confined to one gender. Like, I'm glad that he's getting Whoa. affections from this Roche extremely... Is, Roche is extremely... getting horny for Jesse. Um, nope. Yeah, everybody's... Nope, nope. Horny for Cloud. It's pretty, horny for pretty obvious. But it's like fight horny, you know? I didn't. I don't see a distinction. <laughs> oh, you you should. You, I've I watched, think you should. I've watched too much anime where there's too. Like, I guess it, this is berserk coming through. See, for me, this is all like once you have everybody really interested in Cloud, it's more of like what kind of weird just genetically engineered <laughs> Mako. Yeah, like super this feels modes. intentional. Like when Hojo comes in toward the end and he's like looking at Cloud, he's like licking his lips, like, "Oh yeah, you're a soldier, aren't this, you?" This, this one turned out well. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, the you know, Marl is weird because that's the name of another like pretty famous JRPG character, the one from there, Chrono Trigger, sure. and that's distracting. I mean, like it, it, it is. She's there to give some, uh, some color, some local color to the Sector Seven slums. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think they do a decent job showing that it's a shithole, but not as good of a job as they could. Like, I could have used a lot more like violence directed at each other because they can't fight back against Shinra kind of stuff. You know, I, I think that they are mostly a pretty caring community, and Marl kind of goes in the face of what I kind of wanted from it. Okay, so I, I you wanted more that. of that agitator who was clearly being paid by the suits. Yes, that's what I wanted more of. <laughs> I didn't like that. Yeah. Okay. Mostly um, because I wouldn't like that in real life. Well, um, sure. I mean, like, I, I just feel like it fits the aesthetic of the Sector 7 slums is like a diamond in the rough. And uh, mm-hmm. I got more like a diamond with rough on it here. I don't it, know. it made me care more when the when they did the uh, big uh, collapsing sequence, which I, I also thought was a, was a highlight. Like, after you have, like, the long drawn out, like, I'm dying. Let me tell you my dying words for five yeah, minutes. That I- is that was killing me two in a row <laughs> yeah that killed me but then once they're up at the top that was good we're like oh i gotta defuse the bomb i can't do it like let's like uh fight these guys in the helicopter like that to me worked because now we have a much better sense of the characters and the stakes i again i disagree but i like i mean i guess i can't really divorce myself from how much i enjoyed the original scene because the original scene, let, let's talk about this. The original scene of the plate collapsing is you get back and you're like, oh shit, there is gunfire up there. And then Wedge falls to his death. Yeah, he's done. And he has last words. Let's not pretend that he doesn't. There was melodrama even back then, yes. But he has he has like uh, last words and you get to choose whether to be like, hey man, I'll, I'll rescue him or like, whatever. And regardless, <laughs> he's just like, always such a badass. And then just like cacks. He's done. <laughs> But in this one, Cloud, like, turns to him and is just like, don't worry, I'll take it from here, buddy. You know, they have, like, much more of a camaraderie relationship that I just don't buy. It's yeah. it's part of, like, the anime cool guy, badass with a heart of gold thing. 
Yeah, and Wedge, Wedge, you know, doesn't land as bad, and the plot goes for like, nah, that can't stand. Yeah. I didn't um, like Wedge very much. I thought that they, like, like, like this guy is fat and a bit of a loser. They yeah, played he, up too much. They played the fact that, that he's up a in, goddamn weapons master did not come up nearly as often as it should have. He's a weapons master? When did that come up? He's, like, he's covered in, like, gear. He's always helping out a ton during battles, like... I, I thought that uh, they should have leaned more into that. I think this like, is the... This is just an average guy who decided to take up the cause. That's really cool. I think it's the VA that uh, really brings his <clears throat> character to life. Like, I like the I like the voice actor for this. I think it's Matt hmm. Jones or something. I've seen him in other stuff. I've seen him in, yeah, like, I'm yeah. sure, like, Grandma's Boy or something, but it's... Oh, he's uh, Badger from Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah, 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 that's who it is. Yeah, I, uh, I think that he does a very good job with the with the voice. There weren't a ton of high-profile voice actors here. The common theme uh, among the cast Heidegger, is that a lot of them... Dude, Heidegger is I, Do- I get John the, DiMaggio. But, uh, yeah, we'll get there. Oh, the, okay. the common theme among the cast for the uh, protagonists is that a lot of them were on Teen Wolf. Really? I don't know, I don't know why <laughs> they like, were like the new Teen Wolf. Has, has, has uh, Squaresoft fallen far, or has Teen Wolf risen, risen to a plateau? Which My understanding is, is that every new generation discovers Teen Wolf and decides that like a teenager who is a werewolf who plays basketball is, is kind of a perfect concept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it's, I don't know. It's someone's perfect wet dream. Uh, That's yeah, someone being I, me. Heidegger is very distractingly John DiMaggio. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I, so it, I, uh, there's a couple other things that I wanted to bring up in terms of other problems that I had. Biggs looked a lot like Charlie Sheen. Yeah, I know. I love the way... Yes, he does. <laughs> I actually really liked Biggs' character because in the mm-hmm. original one, he was just... Uh, was just, He was not. In the original, he felt like the extra. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they didn't. They only had a couple hours to give him character and they just had other things to do because they didn't have padding, damn it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this one, he's, he's pretty cool. He's a cool, cool guy. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... Uh, I've got a couple other things that I had problems with, if you don't mind me continuing to just bludgeon you over the fact that you shouldn't like this. No, I please. <laughs> <laughs> I live uh, for this. If I can, I want to point out a couple of examples of needless filler, just because I think that it highlights a thing in anime where, like, they continuously need to have climaxes, like, cathartic climaxes to tell you that we're the good guys. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to defend this. You you go ahead and, and criticize. All right, so, so the, the main one that I have, I, I guess there's just a couple of examples of needless filler, like uh, when Tifa is on the back of the stagecoach going to Wall Market and you follow him, that's the original. The new one is that you have to beat up some fucking Three Stooges punks in a sewer and then talk to a stagecoach and, like, talk to him to figure out where Tifa went. Even mm-hmm. though, like, I don't—that's an extraneous scene, right? It doesn't yeah. do anything except for pad it out. And like, introduce us to the, you know, eternal character of Chocobo Sam. Yeah, what is that? Like, he never comes up again. He's not useful for anything. He's just a cowboy that happens to be <laughs> around. Why is there a cowboy in here? What is going on with Leslie and uh, Don Corneo and, like, that weird under-city bargain for one's own survival? What like, was the I deal no... with the, like, hand job but not in the way you think parlor? Yeah, that, that's exactly <laughs> what that is. <laughs> but the biggest example of this is when you ascend Shinra Tower and see the president assassinated and you're like, oh, shit, it's Sephiroth's sword. Sephiroth must have done this. And that's that's it. 
that 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 tells you everything you know. Sephiroth is an antagonist here. We got to figure out what's going on. Like an what, antagonist that did the thing we wanted done. <laughs> yeah, which is such a great anticlimax because it just it it replaces that feeling of vengeance with a feeling of dread and mystery. Yeah, and then it's followed up by a climax where you're driving a motorcycle down the stairs. Right, right. <laughs> which is like I think that I wanted that to be the same cutscene, but with the new fidelity, just to oh, see no, what it would look the like. The same cutscene with the old fidelity. <laughs> just to kind of... <laughs> that would be that would be cool. But what they do instead is you ascend up this up up the stairs, and you, you know. Barrett needs to give President Shinra the business by saying, you're a bad guy and I'm not. And he, yep. you know, says, President Shinra says some, like, when he's hanging off the side of the thing, he says, like, oh, my dollars, my ducats, please don't hurt me. <laughs> and, you know, you threaten him, but then Barrett's like, man, I can't do the deed myself because that's not how I roll, even though I'm a terrorist. Throws President Shinra back onto the thing. President Shinra's like, well, I'm going to kill you now because I'm not literally about to die. And then Sephiroth stabs him. And then Sephiroth stabs Barrett. And then Barrett gets better. And then the rest of the scene goes. Like, there's so much stuff going on in there. And I don't know what any of it is for. Mm -hmm. It feels like it's just a way for Barrett to have a speech. I don't think he needed one. <laughs> I don't think he needed to have a speech in that He's moment. He's had several. <laughs> yeah, he already he got the pizza speech on the subway car. I feel like that was fine. <laughs> it it just feels like a very artificial anime. I'm the good guy, and I'm having a confrontation with the guy who doesn't respect normal people and prioritizes money. And it's just a very unsubtle way <laughs> to underline the President Shinra's priorities, which are clear by this point. Yes. And I think so there's no narrative from... purpose and there's no like it doesn't tell us anything about Barrett that we don't already know. I think this and some of the other issues come from a lack of confidence on the creators. In the original one, they knew they had a hit um, and they took some, you know, really interesting and innovative uh, steps with it that made it that hit here because they needed to get sequels. They needed to appeal to a wide audience. They needed to really just do everything they i i think they were a little afraid of doing something that yeah they did 20 years ago but it would have played way differently here and and maybe not in the same way yeah that's a good point and it also like i think going along with that it also emphasizes it it also emphasizes the differences in the design consideration for modern games which is that Mm -hmm. uh you don't leave anything to chance you underline everything and give everyone a fucking tutorial and a like quest guide you know Mm -hmm. Like, uh, don't let anyone figure anything out for themselves. Give them everything they need to work with in order to get through the game. Like, that is definitely where Square is at this point. And it just kind of wasn't back then. I want to say, yeah, where's the dance? Where's the romance? But really, it's more like, where's the edging? Where's the lack of satisfaction (laughs) that this game used to give us? It's all Roach. That got us to play 60 hours of, like, I'm going to tappa, tappa, (laughs) tappa. Right, right. Because the gameplay was not, like, I mean, in the original, I haven't played any of this gameplay. I've been told that it's good. Um, the gameplay in the original was not that fun. It was all about uh, the If you play story. it on an emulator and you can speed it up by pr- holding down a button and like go through all the regular battles that way, fantastic. I, it's 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 less of a slog, I'll agree with you there, but it's, I don't think it ever really arises to the level of fun. So this is one of the things that the uh, design document I mentioned uh, that I read over um, revealed to me, which is Final Fantasy VII, unlike some of its predecessors, isn't really about victory and the combat reflects that it's about survival it's about preparation and so the the combat 
when you're in it is much more of a formality. It has much more to do with who you're loading up with what. Are you doing a thing that will level your material faster or a thing that gives you the stats you need now? How are you leveling up your things? Are you going in the front or back? Are you trying to keep people alive so that they can use their limit breaks? Like, it It's is more a, of a strategy game than in, like a, a traditional FF1 <laughs> kind of stand on the side of a platform and, yeah. and fight until you're done. It's a strategy game where the mechanics tie into the overall themes. And that doesn't happen here where you gotta, like, people love that action RPG aesthetic right now, so you have to fight a bunch and then, like, you can toggle through some menus, but you do too many menus right now, that's not going to fly. And I don't know that that's wrong here. I just know that it probably wouldn't work for us. It certainly is more cinematically flavored. Like, it, that is the definite trend that this company has gone with. You know, and that's why I say it's more MCU than any anything else I can imagine at this point. Like, it, it wants to be a movie more than most games I've played. Do you agree that it's better just to watch the cutscenes than to play the game? I don't think I want to play the game regardless. Mm-hmm. So that's like a hard comparison to make. I didn't really want to watch the cutscenes either. Like it's a <laughs> this is a bad if it's a movie it's a bad one. There's it's there's not, just not a lot uh there's the the filler doesn't do anything for it and that's a huge problem for me. I do think it's really interesting to watch it like a movie because it makes decisions that a movie never would. Yes. You know like you're watching like Avengers uh uh Infinity War and then Endgame. Roughly the same length as all these cutscenes put together, but the way that you would provide information and like frame things wouldn't happen. Like the camera wouldn't constantly snap back at the end of a scene to go behind you so that you can seamlessly go into the gameplay. Like that would never happen. The uh, the 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 notion of the notion of the filler material here means that you can't really judge it solely on a movie making metric mm-hmm. because like what movie would make you walk around you know bullying people to pay for their fi- water filters you know they're, they're like it <laughs> that would never happen there'd be no purpose to that mm-hmm. um it, there'd be no purpose to that and it doesn't act on the character at all but it is a gaming kind of consideration to make it a longer game that is more interactive um, so, so we're in this awkward place of the game wants to be more cinematic while at the same time having things that are very uncinematic in them in order so that it's like, just so that it is a game to play, you know, it, it is a choice that makes it difficult to criticize, um, or, or it's, it's difficult to know exactly how to criticize until the rest of the series comes out. Right. Because I, maybe I, they're playing towards something, you know, I, I just thought- don't have that confidence in them. Well, no. I haven't since 13. <laughs> like, the confidence can come from the fact that they, like, nobody really knew about the plot ghost twist um, right. going into it. Um, and, like, playing through the first time without being spoiled, yeah, the ghosts wouldn't make any sense. And you could you could be righteously angry about them, but in the context of the whole thing, it works. I I still have hope that the rest of it will do it. And honestly, I, I enjoyed watching this. I liked the characters. I liked the way they were portrayed. And that, you- that did a lot. Who did you like best? Did you like the way Cloud was portrayed? I I did actually. Like Really? He, he's just like I don't know. I maybe I've been watching too much anime. He's like this uh you know gruff anime protagonist who needs to be told sold on the value of friendship and he's doubting himself but only we the audience get to see it. Like a lot of that works for me. There there are definitely elements of that in him as a character in other media, but what I found was that it sort of followed the Advent Children route of removing all the humor from him. And that I really felt during this watch. 
I actually felt like most of the humor was sort of entirely gone. Like it was, just, they don't put a premium on it. It was humor to us, not humor to the characters. The um, Let me explain what I mean, because there's a few different scenes that are uh, pretty funny in the original. Mm-hmm. And I think that there was some attempt to make funny scenes in the remake, and I, I just didn't feel them. So just, just before you do, the yeah. central feeling of that is, in the original, Cloud could get away by shrugging yes. that way that he did to, a, to, to like brush somebody off. Here, that would look ridiculous. Yes, so yes. He has to go so, like, don't talk to me, I want my money. Right. God damn it. I hate that. I hate that he won't shut up about the money. It's it's such a small like, amount of so money in the context amount. of the game. I know. It's like it's that thing, it's one of those things in the original because the the length isn't that long. You give it a pass because they don't keep on reinforcing how stupid mm-hmm. it is by saying it over and over. <laughs> but uh, here's one example um, of the humor just kind of being gone. When Cloud falls on the bed of flowers and they meet Reno and they have that big mm. conversation and then. Uh, you know, Aerith and uh, and Cloud run off, and Reno says to his men, "Oh, and by the way, don't step on the flowers." And both of them are like, "You just trampled them! You're gonna catch hell!" And like, you know, it's kind of like that. There's a funny moment in there of like he's being like very hypocritical, given that he yeah. just trampled a bunch of flowers, and like the way they both respond in unison on the screen, and he kind of like you know does the does the whole like rub the back of his neck thing. That means like, oh yeah, I guess I did. Like it's that that is that- kind of funny. It's weird that the game, by virtue of its graphics, is able to convey a lot more subtlety and doesn't. Mm-hmm. Somehow conveys less. There's, um... And possibly it could be just because, like, it's less, quote-unquote, gamey looking. And so, like, oh, yeah, I need to throw barrels from the rafters onto the pursuers to slow them down. Like, kind of makes sense at the time. <laughs> doesn't really now. <laughs> I think that is one of those things that the level of fidelity of the game allows it to be sillier than this one does. Like, yeah. this one's just too se- too damn serious and melodramatic. Mm-hmm. Like, you just ne- would never... Even even the times when they do try to get silly, it's, it's you know, it's it's a thing that... Uh, like, like in the uh, Walmart sequence where, where, where you dress up as a lady, that is actually a good sequence in the remake, but I can't shake the feeling that it is allowed because it is a standout, memorable detail from the original like that's just being like that detail is them being faithful to the original source material not mm-hmm. because the medium in general allows for that level of goofiness like i think yeah. that's a specific give it a pass because that was important in the original it's it's less funny it's less hokey it takes itself more seriously and i think it compensates by being a better drama so like when barrett is going on and on about what avalanche is doing and like you can't doubt yourself i know that there's some you know casualties but our our cause is righteous and in the original you're like all right this guy's you know pretty angry and like i'm just trying to play a video game man uh, but now it's like, man, sign me up. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. He actually is pretty awesome. Like, I do like his dialogue in general, especially, like, anything with Marlene is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, uh, that one speech that you're talking about where he says, uh, like, don't you worry about all that luggage you're carrying because I got your back and I'm going to carry it with you. Like, that's just, like, this guy's pretty awesome as a this guy's leader. On my t- yeah, this guy's on my side. The, the, like, in the original where he jumps out of a train and he, like, goes last because he wants to make sure everybody else gets off okay. And in this one, he goes out first because he needs to test how soft the ground is with his body. That's awesome. Like, I'm primed for this level of, like, 
horny drama superheroics because I enjoyed watching The Flash. Well, it works for Barrett because his personality is so over the top and bombastic to begin with. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I agree with you that like in this remake, we have the potential to reach higher heights of melodrama. And I don't have a dislike of melodrama inherently. It's just, what are you giving up in order to reach that higher height? And it's all of the comedy. Like, yeah. the, stair- the, the staircase scene in, uh, in, in Shinra Tower. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yeah. Oh, it, it used to be just very funny because it was shorter uh, and because the jokes could keep coming because you didn't need them to be voiced. You had control over how fast the messages came out, which gave it this air of like... Wow, I can keep I can keep pressing A through this, and they just keep going about how much this sucks. And I agree because <laughs> I'm walking with them. It's so good. Uh, and here, it just felt it felt like the slog they were going through. Yeah, uh, the other the other example I have is like the reuniting on the train car. Mm-hmm. There's like a when um, Cloud like when everybody on the train car coming coming away from like the first reactor or whatever is like I hope Cloud made it out okay and then suddenly <laughs> the door opens and he just in. somersaults in and it's like Barry's like what the fuck was that and he's just like don't worry about it uh, again with like that little anime shrug like you know the, he does yeah, like, like that this. Little, the little gesture this this was nothing and Barry's <laughs> like damn don't be so full of yourself and then storms off like a like a weirdo like that is that is a funny self-contained scene that gives personality of the characters Cloud and Barrett, like Cloud is kind of like twerking Barrett's nose a little bit. Yeah, and I think this is where your point about us being much more Cloud stand-ins than before holds more water because you can't make a joke like like the scenarios can be funny, but because now they have to be funny to somebody in game, it doesn't it doesn't play. Yeah, because now you have to respond to them instead of just letting it letting it like stay in the air. Right, yeah, it's it. I guess like a lot of the problem I might have is also the uh, loss of abstraction that we get moving from uh, dialogue that is written to dialogue that is spoken. Yeah, where you you you're limited by somebody else's ability to talk rather than your ability to read. Um, what was the uh, what was the one cartoon where the problem was that someone had a voice? Yoshi from Super Mario World. Was that it? <laughs> Almost certainly not, was, but I, I think you'll find. There's definitely characters where like they talk, and that's that's what it changes it from okay to not okay. I, mm-hmm. I feel like we did a we did like a retrospective kind of like re, we did like a, a reheated segment on something and found that like the big problem was just that someone was talking. We haven't uh, done that many reheated. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm I'm just. I think it was something like that where the problem mm-hmm. was that someone was talking and that kind of ruined it all for me. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what it was, but oh well. So, are there characters that you are excited to see? We saw a little bit of Red Thirteen toward the end, and he was kind of like, kind of fucking nothing. Even, somehow, even more like spiritual and nonsense. Like, how do you know this kind of stuff than he was in the original? He's boring as hell. Like, it just. I got nothing from him. Oh, this guy's got exposition. I don't buy that he's a child at all. <laughs> yeah, it just, it did nothing for me. I, I liked, uh, the main character I thought was cool was uh, Barrett, because mm-hmm. he's always cool, frankly. But but of the rest of the, like, do you think they would handle Vincent well? Sephiroth's, like, Vincent is going to be a disaster. <laughs> his vampire friend who shows up. I don't even remember his relationship. Is he Sephiroth's dad? Something like that, like not re- like a stepdad or something. There's something yeah. in there. It's like Mako, Mako fucks it all up. <laughs> Mako Uematsu just ruins everything there. Yeah, maybe maybe that's what they're saying is that like the lifeblood of the planet is Mako Uematsu, and uh, or 
Am I getting that right? Uematsu? I don't know. Uh, I think that's... I'm, I'm confusing Mako Iwamatsu and Nobuo Uematsu. Hang on, let me, let me check <laughs> this out. You pronounce both names better than I could, so I'm not yeah, gonna... Yeah, it's, it's Mako Iwamatsu, who uh, he voiced Uncle Iroh and, uh, and Aku. Um, yeah, so that's what Japanese people say, is that Mako Uematsu Iwamatsu is, uh, is the lifeblood of the planet, and we, uh, we forsake him at our own peril. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like I liked Barrett and I I don't think I liked any other character in this. I liked hmm. I like Barrett and Marlene together. Very cute. Especially like I think that one thing that the 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 translation of Barrett did is you know, he's always had that kind of flip flop personality between, you know, angry eco terrorist and you know, cuddly dad energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this just kind of cemented it into more believable of each. I I mean I I like the cuddly dad energy of the of the original, and I like it in the remake as well. But I I feel like the eco terrorism thing you do feel the passion that is driving him. There's this one great conversation that he has with Cloud. Again, Cloud can have fine conversations when it's not with women. Otherwise, it's just kind of gross. Well, but I like, think that's a that's a variable scene where your relationships affect who you talk to. Uh, no, no, in, in the, in the remake, he's got a really good, uh, really good conversation with, yeah. uh, with, with Cloud, where Cloud's, where, um, you know, he's, uh, Barrett is trying to be like, listen, uh, we're, we're just trying to make life better for people underground. You think they, uh, you know, they, Shinra does what they do up there on that pizza and every down here has to struggle to survive. And Cloud's like, just move when you're, just, just, just move away when I, that's what I do. And Barrett's like, some people don't have that choice, man. Some, some, sometimes when you're in the lower class, you can't just move to a different state to get an abortion. Like there, there are there are there are measures in place to make it so that is not always a viable option. Mm-hmm. If you have st- structures, um, if you if you can't move, like if you are 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 tied to a place, if you have children and you can't necessarily get a job in a different place, like there's. You know, there there was a really feeling of tactile frustration there that mm-hmm. is 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 easy for me to connect to, and it just I just I never felt that with any other character. I felt like Barrett was the only one willing to tell me the truth. I liked Biggs. Biggs was a similar situation because they feel like they were product of this society. Yes, yes, they don't feel like protagonist in a <laughs> Final Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. They they feel like part of this. I actually like Jesse in in so far as she. Like not when she was interacting with Cloud, but every other moment was fine. I I like again like I found her like over the top horny nature to be kind of making sense given that like she used to be an actress before things got bad and then like you know she doesn't expect to live very long because of she's a terrorist and like I don't know I I thought that read okay. The, I like I like the uh, the relationship that the three of them have, like you know, going to mm-hmm. Jesse's place and all all pigging out over pizza and like kind of shooting the shit. And Cloud is just outside, yeah. being like, "I don't have that," you know, like him recognizing I, I, a, they're the distraction while I'm breaking into this house. How did I get here? Yeah, how did this happen? Like, <laughs> I, I like him reflecting on the situation. It's just when he is a part of the situation that it sort of breaks down for me. Yeah, I think those are those are the main faults. Yeah, I just uh, I think the, the the main problem with all of this is just that it is a pacing nightmare. It is the same yes. thing that happened with the Hobbit trilogy. I you know, they just put a bunch of extra fluff in and made it cinematic as a way to pad out one game into multiple games. Yeah, and I don't think that's okay. Like because you I... lose a lot in the way of storytelling when you do that. 
I, I think it could have been done a lot better. I have a lot of the same gripes. I liked this overall, and I think that it succeeded in its primary uh, function of, I'm really curious to see what happens next. I really want to see the next one where, you know, we get to visit this broader world and see how these kind of more of their location type of characters, like how they respond to things. I'm curious to see the new incarnations of characters. I want to see at what point in the game they decide like, okay, here's another good ending spot. I'm, I'm, I'm really invested now. I, I, I am interested in, in watching the rest of it in like kind of the same way that I'd be interested in watching the Kardashians, you know, like, it, like the, the, the notion of watching something that someone thinks is great and, I can see that it's terrible, and I'm interested to see what ways it is terrible. And like, I, I hate to be such a, such a downer about this, but I, I don't think that this, I think this is, I think that Square is kind of circling the drain, <laughs> and I don't see them pulling out of that nosedive. I don't have any faith that they're going to handle it well, but I'm interested to see how the car crash looks. I see this as the start of a redemption. I'm hoping that when the next one comes out, I can tell you like, no, this was like a weird early installment of a really good series. Just get through the first season. I'll hope for it. I mean, like, I I don't want to feel this bitter about a company I used to love, but uh, Mm -hmm. I just, uh, you know, they've they've taught me well. Um, I, I cannot wait. to. Can you imagine in the next game when they have that Chocobo side quest to get past the Midgar Zalem? How many side quests is it going to be this time? You know, like how many times we're going to fight the Midgar Zalem? Is it, uh, I, I'm just, I can't wait to see how bad it is. Uh, maybe they'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it'll be okay. Maybe they'll handle do you, that. Do you think you'll go back to play the original anytime soon? Probably not. I think I, I am past it at this point. Mm-hmm. I, there are other indie developers are scratching that itch and I haven't seen those games before. So it's, uh, it's not a necessity for me. I think it still stands as a really interesting thing because, like, yeah, new indie game, like new games. It's either the AAA titles that look like this, but maybe have better, more unique stories, or it's like indie stuff that kind of harkens back to the Super Nintendo days. There's not a lot that's aiming at this weird chunky middle of gaming. Yeah, I I agree. I think that just is a, you know, it's it as time goes on, we will start to get more of that. I think we're mm-hmm. probably due for a lot of remakes of things that uh, were in the Final Fantasy VII era. The next wave of nostalgia baiting. The next wave of nostalgia baiting. Um, but I, I, I am hoping that they don't all take place. I am hoping that they don't all kind of spike up. I, I think the problem, main problem here, is that they are appealing to both what the market demands, which is multiple games. And also what the fan base demands, and the fan base for Final Fantasy VII, if the internet is to be believed, is widely either, you know, decent people who are quiet or really obnoxious people who are loud. <laughs> so, like, I, I think that we just get a lot of Kirito here that I I don't have patience for, mm-hmm. and that those are the loud people. So that is probably what a lot of marketers are hearing from the. Uh, not to be reductive about an audience that likes this, like if you like this. You know, I don't, but uh, I'm glad that you know, if, if this is your first go at a Final Fantasy VII, I'm I'm glad you can enjoy yourself. I just I'm I'm furious with the direction that Square has taken gaming, and uh, I don't need it. Is there a game that you would like to have this treatment given to? Do you mean the up of, upping the melodrama or getting a remake in general? Getting a remake done more in alignment with what you want but also in the idea of like it doesn't necessarily have to be exactly the same plot 
Like, I think if you did, you know, redid like a Chrono Trigger, that has a much more active kind of battle system that could kind of handle this. It has much more diverse world stuff. And I think that they would be able to play more freely with the time travel element like that, that, for example. I, I don't really think that that would work very well because the nature of the time travel element and the puzzles that are involved in that, um, I think is a lot of quest flagging. And, uh, you know, Square has kind of gone down this rabbit hole of either open world or linear gameplay, depending mm-hmm. on which, which, which game it is. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't see it in my mind's eye, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a game of remake of Chrono Trigger that would be good. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't think of what it is, but I I would be I'd be pleased to re-engage with that. Yeah. Um I don't know. Thanks. I hate it. Um <laughs> Well, we'll see if they do it with Final Fantasy 6. Final Fantasy 6 would be interesting to see. I would like to see it in the I don't want to see it in this era of animation. I want it to see in like very competent you know 3D against 2D backgrounds kind of like I I would see it in like a I wouldn't mind seeing it in like a more isometric representation, mm-hmm. and like um, I wouldn't mind seeing it in the in like a in an octopath traveler kind of way, where like there mm-hmm. are more dimensions to things, and and the the art is upgraded to to modern times, but it's still that sort of you get the like I just think that the characters in this are are, are too well defined to be subtle, and I kind of need subtlety. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to a uh, Mario movie or a Zelda anime. Yeah, the, so that's that's uh, that's actually the point of comparison I was gonna make is like, the more you realistic something up, the less it's silly can be tolerated. Mm-hmm. Uh, which it, with like like imagine making Mario into a like a, a fairly realistic three D character. Um, suddenly the overalls and the mustache and the hat are incredibly weird looking. That's how the Buster. <laughs> that's how the Buster Sword looks to me. Is like, what if Mario's hat existed on a real person? Yeah. The same thing with his hair, honestly. Clouds? Yeah. Clouds' hair was a little distracting. It's a lot. This. It's just sort of a lot, you know. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, th- mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that with us, Zane. Um, I I hated it, but I'm glad that you enjoyed it. And uh, I'd be interested to see what happens next with um, Final Fantasy as directed by David Cage. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll send you the uh, design document because it is still a good read and it's neat to see what they do there. Yeah, that uh, I think that would be cool. Uh, ben, what are we watching uh, next time? Fuck, Zane, I had it, but now it's gone. Heart of the Cards. Oh, yeah, we're watching Yu-Gi-Oh!, which I unironically like better than Final Fantasy VII Remake. I've been getting really into Yu-Gi-Oh!, and I don't, I don't really know why. Don't know how I'm... to tar- articulate that. How yeah, to come to terms like, with my love of Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> like, under what circumstances would I still enjoy this now? And why is it so easy? <laughs> yeah, it like I, it doesn't fit with my own internal reflection of myself. Like, it doesn't fit with the way I view myself as a consumer of media. Like, I, I like to think of myself as being somewhat exacting in my specifications and it looks like i'm not it looks is, like all it, i need is joey wheeler and i'm it, okay with is this anything. how jesse looks at cloud where it's like i know he's bad for me but like i you know we only have so much time on this earth and i really <laughs> want to see kunai with chain yeah exactly so jesse is is living in a in a final fantasy version of, of the coronavirus where just like you have to take what you can get because who knows mm-hmm. kunai with chain 
We're just gonna. I'm gonna put time a bunch wizard. Of, the, it's the time wizard. I'm gonna actually gonna just clip a bunch of Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm gonna <laughs> clip a bunch of Joey's quotes and just paste them throughout all the episodes. They're so good. It's very. I'm excited to do that. But Zane, what are we doing after that? Ace Ventura, pet detective. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Okay, uh, I don't really remember this at all. No, how could you? Um, it's like they took a a very specific actor-focused comedy movie and then put it into a cartoon with a different voice actor. Like, we, we've seen that before. It's never usually very good. Yeah. Um, but, but we'll see. This, this one's just kind of, you know, we've been doing a lot of weird, more experimental stuff lately. Let's just look at this. Just bottom of the barrel kind of approach. <laughs> yeah, I, I expect that I will enjoy trying to com- make comparisons to the, you know, the the the, tre- the same treatment they do with the mask, <laughs> just because I think that'd be funny. But, you, uh, did you see the animated mask? I didn't. I'll probably watch both. <laughs> uh, we'll 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 see how that goes. But uh, if you have anything to say about yeah, you, I, I was considering both, but I think uh, Ace Ventura won out simply because I do remember watching an episode of it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I vaguely do as well. I'd be interested to, to look at it. I'm sure it'll be bad. Uh, but yeah, in any case, if you in, if you have anything to say about either Yu-Gi-Oh! or Ace Ventura Pet Detective, you can go to cartoncast.com or fancybat.com, our group website. You can go to our Facebook page or leave us a comment at fancybat.com slash contact if you want to suggest a show or have anything to say about either of those. You can go to uh, Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice to give us a rating or review. It really helps us out. And more than anything else, please tell your friend about the show. And if you Uh, want to tell us about how you feel about our interpretation of the Final Fantasy VII Remake, Remember that that makes you a plot ghost, and we are duty-bound to end you. As from what I can tell, people really like the remake, and I'm interested to... I'm interested to hear what people have to say to my very curmudgeon reaction. Because, like, I I told you the response from me, which is like, I'm Middle America, right? Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're the standard for Middle America, you Bob Ross-looking motherfucker. <laughs> But like I, I, I'm interested that uh, it seems to be so positively received since I had I bounced off of it so fucking hard. <laughs> so if, if you have like a thing that you can sing the praises of how horny this cloud is, then uh, please let me know. <laughs> I can't get past the fact that Roche just basically gives you a blowjob on a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it he just, get- it amazes me. Cloud gets a lot of non-specific action. It, then it's, that's why it's an action RPG now. <laughs> Is that what they mean by action movies? Did they just make all the robots horny? <laughs> that's right. All right. Oh, you you had one more thing to, I, you know, uh, we, we can't get out of this without uh, me prompting you to say your... What, what, what comes first to your mind when I call you Soldier Boy? Oh, man, I completely forgot you to bring for, this up. Bring it up now. We'll, we'll make it our outro somehow. For the entire length of the game, Barrett constantly refers to Cloud as Soldier Boy. Soldier and I don't know Boy, if we mentioned Jerry. it. Cloud is a class of, you know, he was soldier, first class. He was this genetic experiment, whatever. But he keeps calling him Soldier Boy. <laughs> Soldier Boy, I tell you. And it's just like... I only know that in one context, and also I've been watching a bunch of Yu-Gi-Oh, and I'm hearing him, you know, Pegasus calling him Yu-Gi-Boy. Yu-Gi-Boy. 
I'm just going from one to the next. I'm so excited to talk about Maximilian Pegasus. <laughs> All right, let's let's get on. This. No idea. All right, peace out, everyone. Soldier boy, I tell ya. Soldier boy, tough. Hey, I got the new damn for y'all. Call the soldier boy. You got a punch, then crank back three times from left to right. Soldier boy.